welcome everybody to the Health by Design podcast. I'm your host, Roy Alexander, and I have a great show coming up for you today. Uh, today we have Maria Ibrahim. She is the founder of Eat Cleaner. This is a great product and a great product line um, for when it comes to cleaning your fruits and vegetables. There's so many things people don't really understand. They just they don't even know that you know we really need to focus on cleaning our vegetables a lot better than just in water uh even water and vinegar we talk about why that's not good enough there are so many chemicals on your food nowadays and we're not even just talking about obviously the pesticides and the herbicides which are big ones but you have different like waste you have you know the truck grease you have so many things that happen between the minute that food is picked traveling and it appearing on your plate that there is literally so many times when something could get in that food that you don't want to eat and of course it even wax on top of the food and wax is a big one too and no amount of vinegar or water is going to get rid of wax so Maria came up with an awesome product we're going to hear her story about how eat cleaner came to be this is by far one of my favorite products and I think it'll be one of yours too I really hope you guys enjoy this episode with the founder of eat cleaner Maria Ibrahim. So I'm here with Maria Ibrahim, founder of eCleaner. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you, Roar? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. And again, thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy person. Uh, I see you a lot making the video rounds and just making tons of rounds. So thanks for taking this time today with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Awesome. So in the intro, I just talked about really quickly how I was really impressed with uh, eCleaner. I didn't get into a lot of details because I figured you could probably give us a quick description of what eCleaner is about. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we're going to talk about how you got into it and then we'll jump right into deep cleaner. So if you could just give us a, maybe in your words, what eCleaner cleaner is. Sure. We created a line of eco solutions for food safety and freshness. So you can enjoy cleaner, safer, longer lasting fresh food with our products. And really there's no other line like it that is patented, lab proven, and all natural. So you get a range of products, whether you're at home or on the go that you can use to make your fresh food uh, just a safer bet and, and fresher to eat. Awesome. So you said that so much better than I did. I would have been stumbling through that. So that was perfect. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so let me ask you, um, like you said, you're, you're a very unique company. There's nobody quite like you. Tell me about the background. Like, like what got you interested? Uh, is it nutrition that you were interested in first and then you got into the e-clean? What got you, what made you decide to come up with this fairly unique company? Yeah. So, um, you know, over 25 years ago, I went to, I got a culinary education and, you know, quickly decided that the traditional way of, you know, learning how to cook in, in a French cooking school was not necessarily conducive to how I like to eat. Um, and a lot of those foods didn't agree with me. Mm -hmm. So a lot of heavy dairy, a lot of, um, a lot of carbs, a lot of, you know, refined carbs, you could say, um, there were aspects of it that just didn't jive with me. And I thought there's got to be a better way to do this where you can enjoy more whole food, but have it be more healthful. Mm -hmm. And so um, I got into holistic nutrition and I got certified as a holistic nutritionist. And I was like, this is really where I see myself going. I, I want to be able to use food as a way to heal, as a way to um, thrive as a way to feel more energetic and, and alive than ever. And I think there's a nice balance here that you can still do that and be a foodie. You can still have a culinary point of view. Sure. So, um, so I pursued that route. And meanwhile, my dad is an environmental scientist and he would always tell me, you know, I see what, you know, you're doing. And what disturbs me is when I go to the grocery store, I always see, you know, people don't handle food right. And I certainly don't think they handle it right at home. I think there's a big disconnect here. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, you're, you're right. You know, when you get a culinary education, you, there's a big emphasis on food safety, but the home chef doesn't really have access to that at all. Right. I mean, yeah. what kind of formal education do you have and how to handle food, what temperature to heat it to, you know, how to make sure you're not cross contaminating. Mm -hmm. So he started to kind of plant this idea in my in my head because he had done his postdoctoral work on the effects of pesticide residue and bacteria and how it affects human health. Hmm. So, um, you know, fast forward 10 years later, I kind of was like, you know, Dad, I think you've got a point. I'm starting to see the industry really move towards organic and 
really try, you know, and educate people on why they need to eat, you know, more, more safely and understand these things where this really wasn't a focus before. Maybe we should start working on this. So we started putting some ideas together. And then my dad got bladder and prostate cancer. Okay. Pretty suddenly. Um, And I remember he was diagnosed in November uh, the year that my son was born, my son was literally born just weeks after he was diagnosed. And then my dad had surgery to remove his bladder and his prostate two months later. So it happened very fast. And when he had that radical surgery, they told him to avoid raw foods for, you know, indefinitely, especially raw fish and raw produce. So no salads and no salads and sushi. No salads and sushi. Okay. And, um, you know, salads were a big part of his diet. He loves salads. That's, mm-hmm. you know, he's got to have a salad every day. And that's something that we grew up with. And when we found that out, we thought, you know, the, he, this is really the sign. This is the sign that there is no good way to clean your fruit and vegetables out there. That's something that we could really lean on. So, you know, we didn't see any products that were lab proven or anything that was effective because we know that water is not effective. Yeah. So we really developed that together after he recovered. Um, we developed the line together. And we wanted to make sure that, number one, it was effective from a lab efficacy perspective, being a scientist. Mm -hmm. You know, we wanted to make sure that we had that data behind us. We wanted to make sure that it would be effective in removing pesticide residue because based on the studies that he had done, you could remove the vast majority, over 99% of the pesticide residue if you wash your produce properly. Okay. And we also wanted to be able to honor the environment, you know, both being stewards of the environment, um, we saw that their food waste was a big problem. And, you know, there are antioxidant compounds that can help to inhibit the browning of produce and help to protect the produce from going bad too quickly. So ours is really, we call it the triple action um, format of our fruit and veggie wash is that it removes the dirt and soil that can carry that harmful bacteria. Mm -hmm up to 99.99% more effectively than water alone. It lifts pesticides, chemicals, waxes, and heavy metals, more than 99% effective in doing that. And it keeps your produce fresh up to five times longer. Wow. So there's quite a few things in. Yes. Now, what was the reason, I can't remember if you said it, uh, but what was the reason that he wasn't allowed to eat the raw? Was it because of the bacteria, like the possible bacteria in the raw vegetables from the salads? Like what was... Yes. So so leafy greens are the number one cause of foodborne illness. Most people don't realize that. They think it's chicken or they think it's beef because oftentimes you hear about E. coli associated with beef or salmonella associated with chicken. The truth is that neither chicken nor beef are on the top 10 list of foodborne illness causing foods. Wow. Five out of the 10 are produce items and leafy greens is number one. Wow. Okay. So, uh, okay. So because of the, because of just the, the bacteria and the different just things that are in them then. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of nooks and crannies that, produce, you know, can harbor that bacteria in. Like if you just think of a romaine lettuce head or, uh, you know, a a head of kale, for example, there's a lot of places that bacteria can dwell. And because of the shape of the, the leaf, you know, if you just rinse it, oftentimes you'll see like, have you ever tried to wash a head of broccoli under a faucet? I have not. I saw your YouTube video on it where it just kind of, (laughs) water just kind of went off like an umbrella. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's like it's like an umbrella, and the same thing with anything that has that kind of round shape. It's just going to bounce off. So the way we formulated our product is so that it really adheres to the leaves, so that you can get under the surface. Okay. Because uh, quite a bit of our produce is waxed now, also. So when mm-hmm. you try and rinse something that is made with a petroleum-based wax or even a natural wax, it's not going to be able to penetrate the surface. No, for sure. So you got to get under there to really clean. And even if it's not waxed, you still have to figure out a way to adhere to that surface. And that's what Eat Cleaner does very easily. Gotcha. So it doesn't sound like then that, so your product then isn't a kind of like a, a, it's not an antibiotic then. 
Um, it's not an antibiotic, no. And I think that's something really important because we're big proponents of, you know, good gut bacteria, balancing the, the flora in your bacteria so that you build your immunity and helps you fight disease and viruses. And just like, just like everything else, we know that the gut health is kind of the center, the, the brain of the body mm-hmm. when it comes to balance. Um, it's not that at all. It's really removing the pathogens that can really make you sick. That's our main focus. Um, it's not about sterilization per se. It's, it's really more about cleaning the filth. I, I just did, um, I did a video a couple of days ago and I washed, I washed some strawberries and some, what was it? No, I washed grapes and I washed some strawberries and I washed, um, some leafy greens and the amount of just unbelievable residue that came off and filth was really quite stunning. Mm. And it wasn't a large volume of produce. It was, you know, it was probably like two pounds. Um, and what it really illustrates to you is what you can't see. You know, you could look at a, a bundle of grapes and think, well, you know, they're not that dirty. But when you really wash them, it's amazing what comes off of them. Yeah. And well, I the, always the broccoli say, video you, you did, the greens are very different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the point is what you can't see can hurt you. Yes. You know, pathogens are invisible to the eye. And we know that because we've seen one of the largest outbreaks of E. coli contamination um, this year that's happened in 12 years. It was a multi-state outbreak with romaine lettuce. And it killed five people, hospitalized wow. almost 100. So, okay. you know, this is not just your everyday bacteria that it's okay to eat it. It's the kind of bacteria that can really harm you for life. Now, is your product then getting into, do you have any deals with like restaurants or anything like that too? Because it sounds like something that restaurants or some health-focused cafes would probably be very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. We have institutional-sized um, packages of our powder wash um, and we also have a liquid concentrate that restaurants can use and also processors. We really want the processors that are pre-washing your produce, which, by the way, you might be and your listeners might be stunned to hear this. But when you buy the, quote, pre-washed produce, yeah. do you know that it's really only rinsed with water that has some chlorine in it? No, that's not, that's not very good. <laughs> no, and it's, it's really not that effective either. Yeah. Um, it's not a kill step by any means. So it's just so like, we, is it just tap water they're pretty much doing it with? Almost. Yeah. Okay. yeah I mean, almost. And it, it, you know, they call it triple washed, but that's, it's really questionable when you say wash versus so it's rinse. it's kind of triple water rinsed, really. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so our, our goal is really to help the industry elevate their practices. We are in several chains of restaurants now. Um, so you can feel good about having a juice at certain locations um, and having a salad at certain locations because you know it's been washed properly. Yeah. But I think we, ne- I think the industry really needs a wake up call that the the practice that they've been, you know, they've been adhering to is not effective because if it was, we certainly wouldn't have all of the recalls and issues that we've had. No, hundred percent, yeah. And then. Um... You know, there's always, you know, we're always hearing more and more, too, about, you know, the pesticides and the herbicides and how they affect, you know, our endocrine systems. Um, What can you say, kind of, like, have you done a lot of research into, like, how these pesticides and herbicides, all these different man-made sort of toxins like glyphosate, how they affect us? Like, like why should we be trying to get rid of them? Like, besides the kind of obvious, you know? (laughs) Well, I think, you know, just like anything, um... We, we have to look at the long-term effects of these types of pesticides, not only on our human health, but on the environment. Mm-hmm. And we know we're seeing, we're seeing exorbitant amounts of these glyphosate types of, um, you know, uh, toxin builds, buildups in people's human tissue. Yeah. Even if they're eating largely organic, what we're seeing is drift you know, if, if a field is sprayed and there's an organic field not too far from it, you better believe that that drift is going to affect the organic crops. It's, it's nearly impossible to oh, prevent that. Yeah, you can't That stop spray it. over. Um, Just and the water if there's runoff. The water runoff, exactly. So there's so many ways that it can be transmitted. Um, mm. And we know, you know, my dad will be the first to tell you he spent his whole career studying the effects of toxins on human health. Mm-hmm. and the environment. And he will tell you that that buildup 
lives in your endocrine system and your fatty tissue and does not really go away. No. So sure. it's not necessarily what's happening today. It's what happens after you know, years and years and years of buildup in your body. Exactly. So even small amounts can really build up. Well, there was actually a really interesting study, and I can't remember which university did, but just it was just printed last week. Because, you know, you hear people that'll talk about these pesticides and herbicides, you know, kind of the, the science-driven people that say these things aren't harming us, who say, you know, the, the amounts in them are so small that it doesn't affect our gut biome or doesn't affect our health and anything like that, you know. Then you'll, you'll find there's a lot of people out there, you know, these people who are still pushing that. But what this study did is what they looked at kind of the the less, even the less than legal amounts, but how all these different things interacted and how it was affecting our health. So what they realized is that even all these legal amounts, so what they did is they just said, okay, here's the average toxins that people are exposed to in a day. So it's not like they did, you know, where they piled on a hundred times more than a normal person would eat. They actually right. just did the regular amounts that you're exposed to and the way it affected particularly male rats was really interesting, weight gain and some liver disorders. So it's just it's that compounding effect of all these different things, you know, that we have to be wary of. Uh, and that's it's why so I true. really like your product because, you know, it's, there's three, you know, there's really kind of three main big ways we get, you know, toxins in our bodies pretty much. One is the foods we eat is obviously a big one, the air we breathe and then the water we drink. So yes. your product takes care of, you know, one third of that problem pretty much right off the top. It does. And what we even found is that it can help with the endemic pesticide residue. So, you know, there is uh, an amount of residue that can take up in the root system and can become part of in the endemic, you know, nature of the plant. Okay. Um, we did a study on strawberries and we took conventionally grown strawberries and we also, we um, treated them with another layer of pesticides, um, two pesticides that are not water soluble. So there's no way to just rinse them off. Okay. And we treated those products. We soaked them in our solution mm -hmm. uh, for two minutes. And then we, um, we, you know, pulverized them. So we basically made a puree out of the strawberry. And then we checked the, we checked the puree of the strawberry for residue. And we were able to remove over 97% of the whole, of all of the pesticide that's in the whole strawberry. Wow, because that's what I was going to ask you about. Because, you know, people will, you know, get the very pessimistic people who always like to look on the negative side. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'll talk about something like this product. They say, oh, well, that's all well and great for apples and oranges and all that sort of stuff. But things like berries, you know, a, like, like the strawberry is kind of like a sponge, really. Uh, it doesn't it have a peel. So, so what you're saying is that your product has been shown that if you soak it, that it not only gets rid of the just kind of the exterior ones that most people think about, but this is actually going right into the core of the strawberry itself. Yes, that's correct. And oh, okay. so I so what's really exciting and should be somewhat reassuring for people is that, you know, less than 10% of the produce that's grown here in the United States is organic. Mm -hmm. So even though, you know, ideally it's great for the environment because, you know, hopefully they're doing the right thing and they're not eroding the topsoil and they're not, you know, putting an exorbitant amount of chemical pesticides into the earth. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that it's very hard for people to eat 100% organically or even close to that. Yeah, for sure. So, and even if you are buying organic produce, you have to know that it, it, there's, there are still pesticides used. I think this is a big That's misnomer I that I want everybody to really... I was going to yeah, ask you about that. Say organic want, just means I can eat it. <laughs> it just means that they are using approved pesticides. Mm -hmm. So it does not mean that there are no pesticides used. This is a big misnomer. Yes. Um, so even if you are buying organic, you still want to wash it because of the pesticide residue they are using. You still want to wash it because oftentimes they're using fertilizers and manure, um, more, you know, organic types of fertilizers that can contain animal byproducts. So mm -hmm. the risk of contamination becomes higher. And you also want to wash it really well because listen, over 30 sets of hands have come into contact with your produce before you get it onto forget. your table. 
People forget, yes. you know, the, you know, when you go to the grocery store, it's usually delivered in a, you know, cardboard box. It's been sitting on the back of a truck. Could have been put down on gasoline or oil or anything. And then, you know, they put it into like their, their baskets at the store. But, you know, who knows how often they wash those baskets and stuff like that. So people kind of forget about how many people and just things have touched it. You know, birds that have landed on it while it's sitting there waiting to get, you know, to get loaded on the truck. Just all that sort of stuff. That's right. And, you know, even at the grocery store, I mean, how many times do you go and you think, oh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll pick out my, you know, my apples or my peaches or whatever it is. And how many do you touch before you actually pick the ones that you want? Exactly. You Especially know? like I mean, avocados, even, you know, you're squeezing them going, all right. <laughs> yeah. Think about your own practices. And, you know, what we really try and teach people when we do our demos and, and our cooking demonstrations is that you want to clean the outside of your produce, even if you're not eating the peel, because if it's contaminated on the outside and you cut to the inside, guess where that bacteria is being transferred? Yeah, no, that's exactly. You're just getting on the knife. It's just going right through. That's right. And that's why we saw that huge melon outbreak um, about six years ago, and it was the most fatal outbreak we've seen in U.S. history. Oh, okay. I don't know about that when I wasn't here, but so what happened? Mm -hmm. A bunch of melons? People got sick from those? Salmonella on cantaloupes. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, if peels is actually an interesting one because I'm a big fan um, of eating the peels a lot of the time. I think people <laughs> don't realize... Um, the amount of nutrients that are actually in the peels usually outweigh quite often the nutrients that are actually in the food. Uh, for instance, like watermelon, you know, the citrulline in it is something like five times more citrulline than in the red part. Um, you know, oranges, you know, using zesting, all that sort of stuff. Do you use a lot of like, so I, you know, you'll see we a do. lot of people like, use zesting and stuff like that, but they're not you know, they're just rinsing off their lemons. So they're really just scraping lemon-flavored pesticides into their, into their food. So are you a big fan? Of, you said you're a big fan of zesting and using the peels? I am, yeah. We actually created a really cool campaign um, just this year, earlier in the year, around Earth Day, around, it's called Save the Peels. And we have uh, a neat little um, booklet that people can download. We can share the link with, with you so that you can share that with your listeners and we came up with all kinds of fun ways for people to use the peel, even banana peels. You know, banana peels, um, we, we throw away almost a billion pounds of banana peels into landfills every mm -hmm. year. Yeah. And even though they are highly biodegradable, just think of the volume of that. Yeah. Um, it still a significant, has a significant impact on greenhouse gas emissions. And the truth is there's a lot of nutrients in the peel and you can use the peel in smoothies. You can use it in making banana bread. You can use it in making, um, you know, banana nice cream is something that we have a recipe for. So instead of ice cream, it's nice cream using frozen bananas. Okay. So there's a, a multitude of ways. And we do recommend, you know, really cleaning the outside properly, whether you're, like you said, zesting or using the peel in um, like we have a recipe for candy candied peels that you can use in, in different, um, preparations like, a, a you know, sauteed chicken, for example, mm -hmm. you can use citrus peels in your drinks. You can use them in so many different things, even as an air freshener, you know, it's a natural way to deodorize your sink by putting it down the garbage disposal instead of maybe throwing it away. Yeah. So we have all kinds of fun mm -hmm. ideas and it, it's save the peels and we're, we're all about using the peels. There's a ton of fiber and nutrients in there. Why would you want to throw those away? No, exactly. I mean, I'm all about the peels. I don't, there's not too many things I don't eat the peel from. Obviously you have to, you know, everybody out there should research first before they just start eating all the peels. But uh, mm -hmm. you'd be surprised at the amount of peels that you can actually, you said bananas, you got, you got oranges, you got all the citrus fruits for a lot of the time. Watermelon. People, you know, you think of watermelon, nobody ever eats the peel, but I mean, there's so much good stuff in the watermelon. Yes. Um, and I think it's it, just like you said, it's just a matter of giving people ideas so that they, you know, maybe they wouldn't think of it or they'd be surprised. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people have told me, wow, I never thought about using banana peels in a smoothie, but now that I do, I love the texture of it. Or I saw you, you had a banana peel Powerball, I think I saw one video. Yes, I, yeah, I actually very made good. those. I was like, I'm going to try that one. <laughs> yeah, I made those and, and uh, we were on a show called Pickler and Ben with the, the country music uh, star Kelly Pickler and mm -hmm. she tried them and she was like, oh my gosh, I love these. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> she couldn't they look, She was just blown away. Yeah. <laughs> now what about people, what about again the naysayers who talk about, you know, 
Because, you, know, you know, you talk about these vegetable sprays a lot. And even you type, you know, because there's quite a few of them at the market. And you'll even read blogs that say, you know, oh, well, just vinegar and water does, does a good enough job. I mean, we've already known water doesn't because that just doesn't make sense. Nobody right. washes anything in just water. You don't wash your body in just water. It just seems kind of weird that anybody would say water would do it. But what about when you get into, like, say, vinegar, baking sodas, that sort of stuff, these concoctions with essential oils and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. Well, my father and I, we tested nine different formulas before we landed on our eat cleaner formula. And one of our formulas did contain baking soda and one of them did contain vinegar. And we just, we found a a few off-putting things with vinegar. First of all, the homemade recipes where they say, you know, add vinegar to water. You know, we, we have not seen any data that actually validates that that's more effective than using water alone. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I think, until data is presented that actually validates how much you need to use, unless it's just straight vinegar, which wouldn't be cost effective. Yeah. And we would, we're also concerned about the smell and, and the aftertaste. Um, we wanted to create a product that wouldn't make your food, wouldn't change the way your food tastes or smells. Vinegar does, especially if you're washing something porous like strawberries or raspberries. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you wouldn't want to soak strawberries in vinegar. Yeah, my my father wrote a, a yeah my my dad wrote a great blog about it from a scientific perspective. It's on our website at eatcleaner.com in the blog section. So you can really see from a PhD's perspective why vinegar is not necessarily a great way to go. And by the way, most of the vinegar in the United States is GMO. It's oh, okay. it's all genetically modified because it comes from genetically modified corn. So gotcha. there's your there's your glyphosate in there too. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. And and you know baking soda can be effective, but truly we created a formula that not only addresses the bacteria and the pesticides, but helps your produce last longer. Yeah, which and, is really interesting. So it can last up to five yeah. times longer because that's my problem. You know, we're always buying greens and stuff like that, and you know within mm-hmm. about usually four days they're brown already. Yeah, and, and you know we we know that this is a big glut on the environment. We know that about 40% of all of the produce that's grown ends up in landfills. It's just such a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, as, as consumers and for the processors out there in the world, you know, there is a way to be able to get extra shelf life and keep your food fresher longer. You know, it's not unknown for our, you know, for strawberries and grapes treated with our product to last up to 21 days. Wow. For ki- for washed kale to last 14 to 18 days. Wow, that's a lot longer than the 4 or 5 average. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it's not just us saying this. It's our customers that share it. It yeah. always blows me away. Social media is so great for this. People love to send us images of their before and afters and how long their produces last. Mm-hmm. It lasted. And that, to me, is the biggest testimonial of all, is when customers unsolicited just share these images with us and we like to share those with everybody else so if you follow us on social media on instagram at eat cleaner and same with facebook we we post those a lot yeah we'll post the links to all that too all the different uh, links you got um as well when we do the uh, notes as well so let me ask you a question why do you think you know when i talk to people about their overall health you know you kind of get the very simplistic you know exercise and, and and eat better but why do you think, even though a lot of people know there's these pesticides and herbicides out there, a lot of people know, you know, they heard the talk, you know, they talk, they've heard about the xenoestrogens and all that different stuff. How come you think the message isn't really getting through a lot? It still seems like it's kind of a fringy thing, you know, to worry about toxins in your in your environment. Is it because we can't see them? Right. I, you know, I I I tend to believe that that's part of it. It's something that you can't see, so it's hard to. Um, imagine it, you know, and that's why we create such a visual story for showing people, mm-hmm. you know, with the before and afters, we think that, you know, that is the key. It's really impactful to be able to see a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, I also think that, you know, we are bombarded with information. So who do you trust? Yeah, you know, true. where do you go for information that you really can depend on? There's a lot of people out there saying all kinds of different things. You know, there are people out there that say, well, 
I would never wash my produce because why would I want to get rid of the dirt and the and the bacteria that's on there? I need that in my system. Yeah, well, people talking about like the SBOs and like the soil-based organisms and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really dangerous because you're you're trying to address an audience with a one-size-fits-all proposition. And the truth is over 60% of the population is autoimmune compromised. Mm-hmm. And, and that means their immunity just is not as strong to be able to defend themselves like other people. So if you're part of the uh, group that would be considered elderly or you're a child or you're a pregnant woman or you're somebody like my father who's autoimmune compromised because he's missing two organs, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes very dangerous. So I, I tend to lean on the science here. And, you know, following the science that you can trust, I, I don't want to necessarily promote one organization over another, but mm-hmm. I think it's really important to trust your sources and know that they are based on fact and not just opinion. Yeah, no, 100% I agree. Because, yeah, one of, the, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on, you know, is because, I, like I said, I'm a big proponent of this, but it just seems, you know, I talk to people about it. And they just kind of smile. They just—it's—it's it's just not seen as a very serious topic, which I just find mind-boggling. But like you said, there's so many—you know—you you can type in, you know, our GMO is dangerous, and you're going to get some people that say, you know, that yes, they are. They're the worst thing ever. And then you got some people who say, no, they're absolutely not dangerous whatsoever. You got, you know, you got organizations out there that promote and talk about how safe glyphosate is, and they use all their like parts per billion and all that sort of stuff. So I can see where people are just really, really confused. Yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's everybody has an agenda, right? I mean, the Monsanto bears of the world have um, the desire to sell their product. And, you know, people just want to know what is right, what is safe. You know, the EWG has data that they present, but I think they also have an agenda where they want to promote organic food. I'm not saying one agenda is right or wrong. I'm just saying people have their objectives. And I think it's really incumbent on us as consumers to be as educated as possible because we have the ability, you know, the internet has opened this world up to us. Whereas I think, you know, a decade ago, even, or even, you know, of course, two decades ago, we didn't have this kind of information. And, Mm -hmm. you know, while we have it, we also have a lot of it. So we got to figure out what to believe and what to trust. Yeah. You know, I think if I didn't have my dad creating this awareness to me on the effects of, and hazards of environmental toxins, I don't know if I would have had the understanding that I have. Yeah, no, 100%. No, it's excellent that he's that he's got that uh, that whole entire kind of like uh, the real chemistry sort of side behind it, which is nice. Yes, yes, yeah. definitely. Now, yes, we were talking, you know, people are, you know, confused and there's so many back and forth things, but there's a lot of terms out there too when it comes to health, I think, that are thrown out there to confuse people. So, for instance, you, talk, you talked about organic and, you know, how organic a lot of people think. Well, a lot of people are just like, oh, organic, well, that must be completely healthy. What I want to talk really quickly is about some of those other terms that are very popular. Um, and just you tell me if any of them really mean anything or not. So, for instance, mm-hmm. you have the term all natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that mean anything at all? <laughs> you know, uh, I would... I would say it's tough because it's hard to even know what that means anymore. I mean, there's not really a, a certification or a, a classification yeah. that is all natural. But at the same time, I mean, we say natural on our bottle because we want people to know that we don't use anything that's not plant derived. Yeah. So, you know, I think you have to understand what the context is of that. Um, I, I know that people sometimes really misuse that. So I think that's a really tough one. Um, I think we now just got the bio, uh, the USDA bio-based certification. So mm-hmm. hopefully that helps people understand that there's at least a little bit more texture to what that natural statement means. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think when people go to the extent of getting organic certified, I think it takes it a step beyond, even though it might you know, getting a certification doesn't necessarily mean that those practices are upheld on a regular basis. At least they went through the hurdles to get that certification. So I think certifications are important because they they create a standard, a threshold to at least cross over. Because that is kind of interesting more organic. So I have heard that, you know, what basically what you can do is you can kind of set up your company, kind of gets tested, but then there's not... 
often in some cases there might not be a lot of follow-up. Correct. Um, have you heard that before? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I have. Hmm. I have, um, because sometimes there is, you know, again, those hurdles that you need to cross over and the cost and, you know, the strategy to be able to get that organic certification or that, you know, OMRI certification, which are our institutional grade product, um, our anti-browning products are all OMRI certified, which can be used on organic produce. It's important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to show that we have met those standards. Now, you know, do some people uphold those standards? It's questionable because they don't always get audited. Yeah. It's a gamble, though. The, the truth is we hope that that's what they're doing, that they're holding up to those standards. Yeah, no, 100%. So other terms, you know, to, I'll just throw it out just so everybody knows what I'm talking about here. Uh, you know, like just the labels that I've seen, you have, you know, no gluten, pasteurized, free-range, cage-free, preservative-free, cruelty-free, whole grass-fed, grass-finished, all-natural, no additional sugar added. I mean, I can see why people are very confused. I, I don't even know if some of these actually mean anything or not. Like, mm-hmm. um, cage-free. Like, what does that mean? You, you, you probably know better than I do. So does that mean the animal is definitely never in a cage? or? No, not at all. It means that they're usually not in a cage for a certain period of time. Okay. Um, the, 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 the phrase or the, you know, what we are told is more of an assurance that your animal is raised humanely as pasture raised. Mm-hmm. So when they're pasture raised, it means they're truly free range, so to speak. Okay. Um, ca- cage free doesn't necessarily mean what you think. Sometimes it just means that they're allowed to roam outside of their cages for maybe a couple of hours a day. It's just really loose is the truth. Gotcha. There's not really a a, a hard and fast guideline around. Yeah, that. and then of course, when you got fish too, you also have the wild caught versus farm too. Again. Yes, and and I'm a big proponent of wild caught, to be honest, because mm-hmm. um, the farm raised, even the sustainably farm raised, we know that there's a much higher incident of disease um, and lice and and bacteria that is in those farm raised environments. Mm-hmm. Wild caught. You know, and notwithstanding the fact that there is a high amount of mercury in the larger, you know, deeper sea fish, but wild caught just simply means that it's eating what nature intended it to. And you can even see that in the color of the fish, right? If you've ever bought wild caught salmon versus farm raised, they don't even look like the same kind of fish. Yeah, it's literally a different animal. Yeah, and it's the same thing kind of with eggs too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can buy some of the, just the cheaper eggs you get. Like when I was in Thailand, um, because a lot of stuff there you get at the local markets. Um, it's very much local market there. But I mean, their eggs are orange when you open, like a deep orange. And then I go to a place more like the Philippines, uh, and it's almost like a fluorescent yellow. I was kind of like, oh, but that's what our eggs are like over here when we just tend to buy them from the normal grocery store. It's like that off fluorescent yellow color. So, I mean, it's the right. same thing with eggs. So, fish and eggs, you can definitely take a look at the difference between, you know, uh, you know, I guess what you call an organic egg or, you know, I guess would be um, uh, pasture, not for, I guess a free-range chicken versus, you know, the traditional ones that are just fed the junk. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. I mean, you really can. And the higher you go up the food chain, right, the more important it is to make sure that your food is raised as cleanly and sustainably as possible. Because sure. um, it's what the animal is eating versus the plant or, you know, that, that single ingredient that you know is coming directly from the source. Yeah. Are you a fan of buying local then? Would you say you promote buying local stuff or does that even matter? Because I mean, and if you are a fan of buying local, I guess there's probably some questions you should be asking though, because you could be asking, you know, I'm sure local farmer, just because he's local doesn't mean he's going to be an awesome farmer. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, certainly being able to support locally raised food is wonderful because it's supporting a local environment and mm-hmm. a community of sustainability, hopefully, right? Your, mm-hmm. The carbon footprint of that food is not traveling halfway around the world. Exactly. Um, but does it mean that they're not using pesticides and other things? Not at all. So no, that's another thing to... I think people think it's, you know, like, it's like that, but it's like, no. But hey, sorry, you, you need to Yeah, watch. yeah, no, not necessarily. So I think the beautiful thing is that oftentimes you can speak to the farmer directly and ask questions and maybe even visit the farm and, and see how it's grown. So I think being able to have that opportunity, I think, is wonderful. So I think that's where that's where the face of things can change a little bit is you can have more of a relationship with the grower, the producer, 
Um, we have a, a local a company here that I found at the farmer's market, and they make a line of hot sauces, and okay. uh, they're, it's called Chonis. And uh, I, I really enjoyed speaking to the you know, the purveyor of that company, because he's so passionate about what he makes. And he talked to me about the ingredients and how they make it and they small batch it. And, you know, there's a passion there. And I think supporting local entrepreneurs is really a wonderful thing for our economy. And hearing his enthusiasm and how he does it made me want to buy that product. Yeah, so I I think that is a huge merit and aspect of of being able to support, you know, locally produced. Mm -hmm. And how about growing your own? Like, for instance, you know, I, uh, since I moved back from Asia, I have a little yard, so I can actually grow a few herbs and stuff. But one thing I noticed a trend, even as I'm walking around here, there seems to be a lot of people, like I'm in a very suburban area, because I'm right, you know, in Vancouver. But there's a lot of people that have turned their front yards and backyards into their own gardens. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I just find that really interesting. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think growing your own food is definitely another great idea too. Even if it's just anything from like just herbs in your kitchen, uh, absolutely, right up, right up to a full out garden that takes up your whole front yard. So oh, absolutely, there is. I I don't think that anybody could argue with you know the the taste and the nutritional benefit. You know, most of our produce when it's harvested. If it's on the road and it takes, you know, five to six days to get to us, in some cases you can lose up to 60% of the vitamins. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so growing your own creates a more nutrient-dense food. And there's, there's pride in that, you know. Mm-hmm. There's pride in being able to have food that you grew yourself. Um, I, I found this really neat company at um, a produce convention. They're called Aggressively Organic. And they sell you certified organic seeds that are heirloom seeds. And the taste of the produce is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And really unique varieties that you don't find in the store, just so vibrant and full of flavor. And I swear, after I ate a few leaves, I'm not even kidding, I felt like this rush of energy. And and that's just pure plant vibrance coming off the stem and into your body. And I I don't think you can dispute that. I think even like you said, if you can grow a few herbs, windowsill herbs or a few variety of greens, there's pride, there's nutrition, and there's um, there's, there's something in that, that I don't think could even compare to buying something at a store. Oh, I agree hundred percent. I mean, and it's, and people, I guess, I guess they must think it's harder than it really is. Cause it's really easy. I mean, I got rosemary and some thyme and basil there. You know, I just literally go, like you said, the, the flavor is so strong. Like if I'm like spaghetti sauce, I just go right out to the front and I just, you know, pick some of the rosemary and it's, not like rosemary you buy, like, you know, in, in the shopping, you know, in the grocery store, in the dried in the little bag. I mean, it is a hundred times stronger. Yes. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, the flavor is unbelievable. And then, of course, you got sprouting too, right? Yeah, exactly. Sprouting is wonderful. Um, sprouting can really help to preserve the integrity of the whole organism versus just the outside um, when you're talking about sprouting beans and things like that. Um mm-hmm. Sprouting comes with its own set of issues, though, because the germination process can introduce all types of bacteria. So you have to just proceed with caution and make sure that you, you know, you know how to mitigate that that pathogen risk in the sprouting process. You'd be able to use your spray on sprouts, I guess, too. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. can. Okay, because yeah, I just started. I just got my first sprouting kit last night. So, oh, so cool. <laughs> see, see if I get. It. I tried it in Thailand, but um, sprouts need kind of a, a cool place. And Thailand, it, it, your kitchen—it's always hot. So it just—it did not—it mm-hmm. yeah. did not work out very well at all. Yeah, um, I mean, I we have we have a couple of farms um, locally, vertical farms. They're actually indoor farms that are doing sprouted all types of different sprouted greens. And I, I really enjoy those. I, I think the flavor of those is just amazing. Yeah, well, I'm just starting off with the broccoli seeds right now. I mean, like everybody else, I'm on the broccoli seed trend. So we'll give, nice. we'll give that a shot. Um, so have you ever thought about maybe you guys should do an eat cleaner fertilizer for people that grow their own home gardens? <laughs> you never know. You, you never, never know. know. You never know. So let's talk about your products then for a sec. Um, I just want to kind because you have quite a few. Um, so we'll just cut it. So you have, a, you have a spray. So there's a spray for fruits and vegetables that you just kind of like you showed. You just spray and then you rinse off correct yes and Mm -hmm. then there's a spray is it a spray or a wash for seafood and poultry 
It's a spray also. Oh, okay, so spray. you can spray your, yep, spray your chicken, your fish, your shrimp. I especially like it on shellfish where you can, you tend to see a lot of stinky residue. You know, it helps to take that right off. Okay. Um, and it works, it works great on chicken where, you know, when chicken is processed, they often soak it in, um, in a saltwater bath. But a lot of the, you know, what they call fecal soup that, that slimy residue from it soaking still stays on there. Mm. So it helps to remove that really nicely and you get a much cleaner tasting product. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a wash. What's the difference between a wash and a spray? Is a wash like a soak? It's a soak. So okay. we created our, our powder wash this year. We released it in January and we're really excited about that because it's great for people who meal prep or juice. So if you bring home your produce and you tend to, want to get it ready for the week and you, you have a lot of different produce items, you can simply soak it in the wash solution and you can clean up to 30 pounds of produce with one packet. So, you, so you can wash a lot of produce at once. Yep. Then. You fill up your sink or you can fill up, you know, a basin and clean a lot of produce at once. So you would put it in the, you would put it in the sink and like let it soak for a few minutes. Is that the idea? Uh, yes, and then exactly. do you well, rinse actually, it Actually, it's not even a few minutes. It's 30 to 60 seconds. Oh, okay. And then do you rinse it off with water after that? You don't have to. Don't um, have to. Okay. We recommend if you're, if you're processing a lot of produce mm -hmm. that it's not a bad idea just because it's been soaking in whatever, you know, you removed. Gotcha. So it's not, a, it's not a bad idea to do that. We would recommend it, but it's not required. Okay. And then you also have, uh, so, that, so your stuff comes in powder form. So the spray and the wash come in powder forms, correct? So you can do like refill your spray bottles. Is that correct? Yeah. So you, well, you can refill your spray bottle with the powder packet. So okay. you can literally dissolve it into the spray bottle. Okay. Add, add water, mix it, you know, just shake it up and and that can become your refill too. Okay, and then there's the spray liquid itself. Um, and then you have the travel wipes. I guess that's for carrying around. That would be more like for wiping off like exteriors of things, correct, for the most part? Correct, yes. Yeah. So if you're on the go, mm -hmm. it's a great way to clean a piece of fruit like a, an apple, a, a peach. Um, even, you know, we have people, sometimes they're at a picnic and they want to buy some things and then go directly to their picnic. You could use it to clean your grapes and yeah. okay. the outside of your watermelon before you slice it, for example. Gotcha. And you can also use it. We have people that use our wipes to clean cutlery, um, baby's toys, can pacifiers. You, can you clean your you hands can... with it? Like a, sure, a healthy absolutely. antiseptic wipe? Okay. Yes. Can absolutely. wipe down your airplane seat with it then, I guess? <laughs> you got it. That's that stinky tray, that disgusting tray. Yeah, exactly. You don't even know what's clean. going in there. They've actually found like fecal matter and stuff in there, you know? So They don't yeah. clean those things No, ever. no, those things. Just don't open those. You'd get sick if you open those. Leave the magazine yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, the remote, even the remote control at your uh, at your hotel. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty nasty with all that stuff. And that's one of the first things you do when actually I go to tell is I wipe everything down, you know, really quickly because uh, that's just, yeah, yes. you don't know what they're doing there. Um, now, one interesting thing uh, you had said, I saw in a video, I don't know if you mentioned it here, but you said the meat spray actually helps meat cook faster? Yes, yes. So there is, um, you know, because there's citric acid and sea salt in it, it can act as a tenderizer and it helps okay. to, yeah, it helps to accelerate the cook, the, uh, the uh, you can call it a, almost like a tenderizer. And so it, your food cooks a lot faster. Which is excellent because obviously, you know, less time on heat is always a good thing, especially when meats, you know, especially when you're talking about cooking meat. So, exactly. Huh. Yeah. Another thing that you had that I really like, this is the last one that I'll touch on, is um, you have those mesh bags. And I thought that was great because I was just talking to a friend last week and we were saying, you know, it's kind of uh, ironic that, you know, all these grocery stores are not, you know, they're not doing the, the the grocery bags when you get up to the front anymore. So you bring your own bag, but everybody's putting their fruits and vegetables in those little plastic bags. So you're yes. coming home with about a dozen plastic bags anyway. So no, it's funny. Nobody's really thought of that. So can you just buy those? No, I know your mesh bags there. Are they for, uh, no, they're like you would uh, put your fruits and vegetables in. You could soak it, but can you also just use those? You could just use those. I assume that just go to the grocery store and put your fruits and vegetables in. Them. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So we, we like, we created those so that you could just go to the grocery store and get any, you know, if you're shopping for loose items, you have the ability to just put them in there. And then, um, and then you don't have to worry about taking that plastic bag. And then it goes right into the solution. You can even store it in the bag in your refrigerator. 
Yeah, no, I thought I thought that was great. I saw the storage bags, and the, yeah, they were they were a very good price too. I was really I was like, well, that is a great idea because we were just talking about that last week, and I said it's so dumb. We're trying to go all anti-plastic on the bags. That we're, everybody comes home with these bags. I tend to just bring my home stuff home loose, or I'll use the paper bag they use for the mushrooms. Uh, but even then, I'm like, well, I'm just wasting paper bags now. So I think mm -hmm. that was a I thought it was a great idea. Oh, thank you. Uh, so where can people? Where, where are the main places people can go find more about eCleaner and about you? Well, certainly our website at eatcleaner.com. Mm -hmm. um, we are big fans of social media because it allows us to be direct in contact with our audience and our followers and to share news and, and ways to eat cleaner every day. So we welcome everybody to follow us on Instagram at eatcleaner and also on Facebook at eatcleaner are the places that we hang out the most, but yeah. we do a Pinterest page and we have a Twitter page. Um, and Sign up for our newsletter. You know, if you go to our website at eatcleaner.com, you can sign up to get a free grilling guide right now. We have a, a neat little guide called Grill and Chill, which gives you great ideas for the whole uh, that take you through the summer. Mm -hmm. And you'll also get our updates through there. Oftentimes we have great deals and sales and we promote that to our newsletter following. Okay. Um, and you can you can get our full line at eatcleaner.com. We're also on Amazon. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask where you can buy your stuff. Are there any are there physical locations people can go to too for the older people that you know just don't know how to internet shop? <laughs> yeah, we're well, we're on limited. Well, boy, even my dad, who's in his mid seventies, is a huge Amazon. Oh, really? Well, my mom, my mom, who's sixty eight, can't even work Facebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we we do have some limited retail, like in Southern California, we're in Albertson, Stater Brothers, um, Northgate and Vallarta markets. Mm -hmm. um, and we're in Schnucks markets in the Midwest, but kind of a little bit more sporadic on the retail distribution. Okay. So it's mostly online right now. Yes. Um, and then in Canada, we'd asked you before for the Canadian listeners. It's basically right now you said it was Amazon and you thought, I think there was there own more you had said? Um, Amazon were, uh, and we're on some other websites, um, like iHerb, where if you're like iHerb, shipping right, internationally, yes. they mm -hmm. do ship to a lot of international locations. So iHerb.com. Yeah, no, and, iHerb is what they used in Thailand even because it was only like $5 flat shipping. I don't know how they do that, but somehow they pull mm -hmm. it off. Yeah, they, <laughs> they can do that. So yeah. yeah, that would be a great place for international shipping. Awesome. So what would be your, I want to ask you, what is your big overall message? If you could give one closing statement to the people listening right now, what would be your one big message to tell everybody? I think you really, you know, and, and it's our motto, it's think before you bite. You mm. know, every time you take a bite, it has the ability to either boost you up, help you thrive, build your immunity, build your health, or it has the ability to introduce disease. And even when you think you're eating clean and healthy foods, you have to really think about how that food was raised and where it came from. And the more you are in control of processing your own food, maybe even growing your own food, the more you are in touch with what you're putting in your body. And and we just can't underplay that. We can't, I say, don't sleep on your plate because it's your plate that feeds you. Yeah. And it actually affects generations to come. Your DNA affects future generations. So take care of yourself and every bite that you put into your body has the ability to, to do that. Perfect. That is an excellent closing statement. Cannot agree with you more. Well, I'm looking very forward to making my first order with you soon now that I'm finally back from Asia and I'm yes. only a couple thousand kilometers away. Maybe even, I don't even think a couple thousand, not maybe a couple thousand kilometers away. I'm not sure. You guys are in California, correct? We are. We're based in okay. Southern California. So yeah, we manufacture all of our products here, right here in the U.S. Okay, so you have a couple thousand versus 27,000 kilometers away, so that's much better. So, <laughs> okay, well, again, thank you for being on the show. Like I said, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we put all the links that you said today, and uh, yeah, that was great. Thanks again for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I will talk to you again soon.